Exodus chapter 15. Exodus chapter 15. Can some of you guys tell me some stuff from Exodus that we've talked about? It's been a, it's been a couple weeks, but let's see that that recap. What do y'all have? What are some uh, things that took place? Moses had all those plagues and stuff. Okay. Not Yeah. No. Okay. Good. All right. So the plagues. Anything else? All right. There's nowhere that you that you. What is it? There's nowhere you go that he hasn't already been. There's nowhere you go that he hasn't been. All right, now what what was the purpose of the plagues? Do y'all remember that? To make sure our hearts are fair. That's cool. All right, and so everyone was going to, what did you have? Cole Cole actually was right on to. What is it? To everyone had no excuse. No excuse what? To accept God. All right, who God was. This is our right. All right, so some other things. What was happening with the Israelites at the time? They were slaves, okay? So they were slaves. Very good. And what was something that was interesting whenever they were leaving? What were some things that took place? Do you remember some of all it? The, uh, all the Egyptians like throwing their materialistic their things. And they were throwing it at who? They were... Throwing it at Israelites. And what were Israelites at the time? Slaves. 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 Correct. Some other things we saw whenever the Red Sea was parted, right? And they crossed through. What are some different things that we learned about that? Do you remember? Anything else? It was what? Uh, Anything else? I remember uh, people like Moses and like the God's people like walked through. It was like fine. Yes. And then like whenever all like the well, army or whatever was following them, like the water started like washed back and they all got like washed away. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's all good. And, yes. like, killed like their most like noble uh, people. Yes. Okay. Is it not interesting? Y'all want y'all to see. Is it not cool? Do y'all remember reading Daniel this past Wednesday? Yeah. What, what were the men who got burned? The noble The highest. The mighty men. And then, it's crazy the great equalizer that God really is. I mean, in reality, what we would deem mighty, what we would deem noble, God has no favor towards them. God has no respecter of persons. It's it's all the same. Is that not kind of cool? Anything else? Friday in class. Yes. In my Bible class, we watched a video on the Red Sea. Yeah. And how they found like fossils of the chariots and stuff, and they found a couple wheels. Yeah. They found a gold wheel. That's crazy. That was like a a noble leader. Yeah. That, I mean wow. it's it's pretty it's, it's it's some definitely some very very cool stuff. So now, I mean think about it. If you've gone through all that and we read it going back, like we get to see what they went through. I mean, what would you think these people are like right now? Like if you what do you really think they should be like? Celebrating. Celebrating. Okay, good. All right, so we're going to pick up in chapter 15, celebrating. Bryson, can you read loudly verses, uh, verse 1? Verse 1. Here we go. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to, to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he has, triumph, for he has triumphed, triumphed gloriously, and he has hurled both horses and rider into the sea. All right, read verses 2 through 3 also. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. This is my God. I will praise him. My Father's God. I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. Yahweh is his name. Okay, so we get to see here, Moses and the people are basically, I mean, this is like a, like a rah-rah chant, you know what I'm saying? Like, he just won, like, I know maybe the Central maybe would have won their walk game, maybe they, <laughs> maybe they jump up and down and they, and they chant or whatever, or, or something. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I know Joshua was ready, but, so it'd be like that, like a victory chant, and is it interesting, verse number three, what does it say the Lord is? A man of war. A man of war. Have you ever heard of that before? God being a, what, a man of war here? A warrior? Hmm. Verse number four through six is going to keep, it's just, it's this kind of like the song they're singing. Uh, Cole, you're going to read it. 
Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has cast into the sea, and the choices of his officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep covered them, they went down into the depths like, this, like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, is majestic in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. Okay, so we, like y'all said, the mighty men, the noble men, and what does it say here? What does he basically say they are? Stone. Like a stone sinking in the water. But according to man's perspective, they were what? Mighty warriors. Mighty warriors. And is it not really, really cool? How did it describe God even defeating them? He used all of his power to destroy the mighty man. You know, he conjured, what did it say? His right hand. My right hand. Flick. Right? It's really, it's really cool. Verse number seven, um, seven through 10. Uh, I'll read these. And in the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Rose up against thee. So now, all of a sudden, if we were to just stop at number three where it says, the Lord is a man of war, we're thinking, man, that's, that's wrong. Why would God go out there and kill? Well, who did he go up against? The people that went against him. The one who chose sin over God. The ones who also saw the ten plagues. They stood with no excuse at this point. And like we said, mercy is great, right? And we are experiencing mercy here on earth. But at some point, mercy will what? It will run out. And it won't be no longer, did you have mercy? It will be, did you accept grace? Did you accept grace? And so here he says, he, he went up against those who were against them. Thou sentest forth thy wrath. It's, it's not all the circles coming apart here. We were born children of what? Sin. Sin. And what do we deserve? Hell, which is God's wrath. So here he even says, I sent forth my wrath, which consumed them as stubble. What, what is stubble? I mean, what is, do y'all have different translations? What did y'all say? Stubble. Stubble? stubble? Oh, it says stubble? What is it? Chaff. Chaff? All right. I don't know what that is. What are some other things? Um, can y'all think back to the Israelites? Remember what they told them they have to make all the this, all this stuff out of? Y'all don't remember that? Where they started taking away their materials? Oh, yeah, they had to make Strong. the bricks by hand. Yeah, and they had to make it by hand, and they would take some stuff away and say, still make it, still make it, and they kept taking things away. Here, he even references them as being stubble, like such lowly little pieces. Verse number 8, And with the blast of thy nostrils the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as a heap, and the depths were con- congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. And what was it that Jesus told Peter in the garden after Peter cut the guy's ear off? You remember what he said? Uh, do you not want me to drink from the cup? Okay, do you not want me to drink from the cup? And what did he also say? That if man were to live by the sword, they're going to what? Die by the sword. What did he just say right there? My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. Thou didst blow with thy wind. The sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. Verse number 11 is really cool. So y'all get to see. It's like a, I mean, it's very, almost like a very pretty song if you think about it. I mean, it's pretty cool. Um, Kate, you want to read verse number 11? Here's, here's, the, here's the good part. What does it say? What? Who among the gods is like you, O Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? Wow. So who is like you, O Lord? Who is like you, O Lord? Which to us, what does that really mean? There's no one. 
Nothing can compare. And if you don't see the parallels here of all what these Egyptians had, they literally had all the things that this life could offer. They were living at the top life that they could at the time period that they were in. I mean, it would be just like us today really having all the spoils of life. But here in verse number 11, the slaves are crying out, Who is like thee, O Lord? Slaves. Slaves who had nothing, right? Slaves who had very little. So sometimes we have to understand, do we really love God? Do we really love God? If all things were taken away, would we really love God? Because really and truly, it kinda, it's hard to really imagine that because the Egyptians had everything. And the Egyptians are very much like us. We really have all the spoils of life. But we say we love God. Can we really love Him? It's, it's, it's very interesting. Verse number 12. Um, Kate, you want to keep reading? You stretched out your right hand and the earth was swallowed. Verse number 13. In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them your holy Wow, what does he say about his people? He will guide them. He will guide them. Hey, Scripture does not change. What did he say? I'm the good shepherd and the sheep what? Follow know my voice. Know my voice and they follow me. You all said the same thing. It's all the same thing. Here, what did he just say right here? I will guide them. I'm going to guide them. Hey, if you're a child of God, you should be guided by God. And only God. So when your life looks like it's being guided by the spoils of life, or sin, or the lust of the flesh, or the devil, or the world, hey, we need to come back to the picture and say, hey, do you have a relationship with the Lord? Because even in Exodus, Exodus chapter 15, he says, I'm going to guide my people. I'm going to guide my people. But today we're told Christianity is like this Sunday thing or this moment in life, and then all of a sudden you can live the life that you want to, and guess what? No matter what, when you die, you'll go to heaven. You cannot believe that fable. You cannot believe that, right? And if you read Scripture just like it is, guys, you should be worried for those who do believe that way. Your life should be showing Him. It should look like you're being guided by Him. Y'all remember our farmer's example with the little boy? How although he was stumbling, everybody watching knew he was following after the farmer, right? There was no question. It didn't mean he didn't stumble anymore. It didn't mean he was going to make mistakes. But everyone knew who he was chasing after. Everyone knew who he was looking after. Everyone knew who he was trying to imitate. If people followed your life, would it look like you're imitating Christ and you're being guided by him or the spoils of the world? And if you follow the spoils of the world, just like here, they're going to be, they're going to be what? What happened? The waters came, right? It was the great equalizer. Verse number 14, the people shall hear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take thee out of the inhabitants of the Palestinian. Then the dukes of Edom shall be amazed. The mighty men of Moab, trembling, shall take hold upon them. And all the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. Fear and dread shall fall upon them by the greatness of thine arm. They shall be as still as stone till thy people pass over, O Lord, till the people pass over which thou hast purchased. Verse number 17 through 19. Um, take us away, Kiliana. You will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain, the place, O Lord, which you have made for your abode, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. For when the horses of Pharaoh and his chariots and his horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought back the waters of the sea upon them. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground in the midst of the sea. Who said that? Caden said that, right? They walked on dry land. The Pharaohs got what? Swooped up. Uh, verse number 18, the Lord shall reign forever and ever. This is Exodus chapter 15. Uh, he's still reigning. Is that not really cool? He's still reigning. 
So it's awesome to see the things that don't change. But the people of power at the time, I mean, if a pharaoh were to rise up right now, we'd say you're the most idiotic person if they were to do the things that they did, right? Seriously. But at the time, they're the most mighty men. We look back and we're like, man, who would follow a pharaoh? Right? I wonder in our lifetime, who's going to look back and say, man, they had the scriptures. They had God. They had Bible study. They had youth group. How did they get here? Is that not really interesting? It's God who stays consistent. Why is it people that always change? And why follow after the people that always change? If you're following after some world leader or some some star in life or some celebrity, I'm just going to let you know the stuff that they do is going to be dated. And if you follow after the things that's dated, you're going to miss out on things that were eternal. It's okay to have role models. It's okay to look up to people. But at the same time, Make sure, make sure their stances in the Lord is what you follow after because those are going to be the things that last for eternity. Those are the things that are going to stay the same. Miriam's song. We're trying to go fast because I actually want to get to the next chapter real quickly. And Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a timbrel in her hand and all the women went out after her with the timbrels and with dances. And Miriam answered them, Sing ye to the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. I'm again, she is even doing what? Dancy, she's excited. I mean, they just, I mean, really think about what happens. Sometimes it bothers me because some people like to take those scriptures and be like, well, that's why uh, in church we should, you know, like dance around and stuff. Uh, we're, we're talking about two different completely things here, okay? We're talking about going into the Lord's house to honor Him, uh, to grow closer to His people. We're not coming to the Lord's house to jump up with the tambourine and go smack each other with the, with the tambourine. Literally just think about just what happened right here, okay? Ten plagues. They're promised, they go through the land, right? And they're on soil, and it's nice and clean, and then the, it gets mushy. The Egyptians, they all die. I mean, we're talking about climatical war moment right here, okay? Thousands of people have died, okay? Tons have died. It's like literally a victory in war. Like, remember whenever the Americans won their war and they came back home? You ever seen them old videos where they're like in the streets, jumping up and down? That's what we're talking about here. But guess what? Now, think about this. What do we do at Veterans Day? It's solemn. It's solemn. Now, why is that? Why don't we jump up and down like they did once they won the war? We're talking about two different things here. We're talking about two different things here. So sometimes that frustrates me when I see these things thrown in and say, this is why we need to be jumping up and down in church, you know, um, going hooting and hollering, running down the halls. And, and you're like, I, I do get what you're saying, that, you know, God is, he is the victor. But at this point, when we're here worshiping, we're honoring him here, Right? We're not talking about a victory. Now, now, if you did a victory thing in your life, go ahead, you know, in your car, at home, do, do, do one of them little, uh, what is it? Yeah, bo- scoot boogie for the Lord. I mean, you get what I'm saying? But when you're at the church of the Lord, right? I mean, is that what we really should be doing? Verse number, and you'll see also some different things as we go. 22, so Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea and they went out into the wilderness of Shur and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Okay, I want y'all, if you do have a pen, I want y'all to mark three days. And they went three days. And they came to Mar. They could not drink of the waters of Mar, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Mar. And the people... What? The people what? Murmured, complained. Three days! Three days. They just went through all we talked about, the plagues. The army's being defeated, and three days later, they're complaining because of what? The circumstances changed. Thank you, Caden. 
no water, circumstances changed, and now they're complaining. Now at this point, does it matter? Does it matter to the kids? Does it matter to your siblings? Does it matter that you just now experienced victory through the Lord three days ago when today you're complaining? Whoa! Hey, don't tell me the Christian life doesn't matter. Don't tell me the Christian life doesn't matter. And don't tell me that it doesn't grow and it's progressive. Because here they're complaining against who? It says against Moses in verse number 22, what does it say? So Moses did what? Verse number 22 says, so Moses what? At the very beginning. Brought Israel from the Red Sea. So first they're giving Moses credit for taking them through the Red Sea. And three days later, they're complaining against Moses. Like, what are you doing? You took us out here with no water? And what did they say in verse number 24? The people grumbled against Moses. What did it say at the end? What do they grumble? What shall we drink? What shall we drink? You used to be slaves. And you're worried now about what you need to drink. You just saw your God destroy the armies. If he wanted it to rain, um, the best tap water ever to drink, he could do it. And you complain. Verse number 25, And he cried unto the Lord. Who's he? Moses. Moses. This is really cool. Who went before the Lord? While the people complained, while the people murmured, Moses did what? He went to the Lord at that time. Hey, just because people in your life are complaining about the Lord doesn't mean that you can't go in front of God on their behalf. That you can't cry out for Him. This is a really good... I mean, Moses here, this is amazing. He cries unto the Lord. The people were complaining. He could have just literally said, you guys aren't worth it. Like, I'm just so tired of y'all. Let me take my 20 faithful people. Let's go do our own, our own pilgrimage. Right? But what does Moses say? Hey, no. Let me go before the Lord. And he cried unto the Lord. And what does it say the Lord did? The water became sweet. He provided. And the Lord showed him a tree which he had cast into the water, so the waters were made sweet. There he made them a, sta- a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. What did, we ju- what did the Lord just do? I think this is interesting. Is the people, did y'all notice what they actually complained about? Water. But not just water. The taste. The taste of water. The taste of water. Because the water was bitter, Moses. The water's bitter. You know that they could have even drank this, they could have drank in this bitter water and be fine. But why did they complain? It wasn't good enough. It didn't taste good. Not good enough to our liking. And it's not interesting. This happens shortly after they had a victory in the Lord. You've got to be cautious, Christian. It's usually right after a victory in the Lord. It's right after some, some peak moments where you're like, man, there's nothing that can stop me for the Lord. I am going 900 miles an hour in the right direction. I will never go off the rails. I've got it figured out. Three days later, let's see if you're singing the same song. Let's see if you're in the street with the tambourine. Let's see if you're saying, who is like you, O Lord, in three days. This is very important. Very important. We can't let our victories lead into our complaints. Because we look back and say, man, complaining? The water was bitter? You kidding me? But it's interesting that that God did what to the water? As Moses cried out. He sweetened it for him. And he said, if thou... Let's have some other... Avion, read. 
one? Verse number 26. I got you next, Cole. Little Cole, you ready? On the ready? 26? Yes. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord, your God, and do what is right in his eyes, if you play it, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought onto Egypt, or the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who gives you. What did, what did God just basically say there? He gave them a what? He gave them a warning. You can say it's a warning. What else? A warning? I mean, what does it say at the end? That you won't have sickness and you'll be healed? I mean, that's, that's a, a what? It's a promise, right? So you have a warning and a promise. But what, what did it actually say? I'm the Lord, your healer. Do y'all notice how, how great this whole thing was really? But what did it start off with? What is that first word up there? What did y'all say? If. 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 What a promise. But why does it have an if? You have to obey God first. Wow. Hey, if you love me, you will keep my commands. If you love me, you will keep my commands. Here he says, if you obey, let me tell you something. I've got so many promises for you. I've got things that aren't going to make sense. I can change the water, the bitter water, into sweet water. Just cry out to me. Don't complain. Don't waste your time doing that. Just cry out to me. But you have to obey me. You have to obey me. Because I can't bless sin. I can't do it. You were bought with a price. You were purchased. Verse number 27. Um, Cole? Then they, uh, then they came to Elam, where there was 12 sprays and 70 palm trees, and they, kept, uh, and they camped there near the water. So what ends up happening in verse number 27? They have tons of water. 12 wells. I mean, maybe even for some potential tribes. And they stayed where? They encamped where? By the water. By the water. Literally had so much. So much. All right. I just want to go to 16 real quick. This is really cool. And they took their journey from Elam and all the congregation of the children of Israel came into the wilderness of what? Sin. That's weird. Which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after the departing of the land of Egypt. So what do we get to see here? It's very what? With a timeline. Is this a long time? I mean, really and truly, what are we thinking here? Yeah, it's not, not too far, right? And the whole congregation of the children of Israel did what? What does it say? Grumbled, departed, frustrated. Hey, he just changed the bitter water into sweet water, right? Not that long ago. And then he brought you to an area where there was tons of water. And shortly after, what happens again? They start grumbling. And I love this. Here it says what part of the children of Israel did this. This was like a movement. This was like a rebellion. This was like an uproar. And it was all based off of what? Wants. Thank you. It was all based off some wants. And it was a movement. Verse number 3, And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. What did they just say? Wow. Wow. Why didn't we just die in Egypt? We could have died in Egypt just like we're dying here. Hey, Christian, this is exactly what you look like when you go back to sin after you've experienced salvation from God. 
You ever thought about that? How foolish does it really look when you say, I was saved out of that slavery. I was taken from that bondage. You delivered me. It didn't even look possible, but you did it somehow, some way, through your work, through your wonders, only you could get the glory. And now, whenever you've given me new life, and you said, listen, just follow my commands, and I will guide you, and I will supply all your needs, and you go back to complaining. And you go back to wishing you were back in that old state. You look exactly like this. And what do we think of these people right now? Oh my goodness. Like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? When we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full, for ye have brought us forth into the wilderness to what? What does y'all say? Kill us with hunger. Hey, if it's not one thing, it's going to be another thing to complain, right? Oh, yeah. That's pretty much, I guess, where we'll close out.